1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The
2: Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. Class will come to order,
3: please, and Quiz Kids, here's today's first question. What combination of two names seen in the
2: news recently would mean a damp home for a rabbit? And I wonder how many of you folks listening in can figure out the answer to that one. Well, give it some thought while the youngsters here in our classroom get ready for roll call. And here they are the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly.
3: Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Welcome to another reading, writing, and arithmetic session with the quiz kids. The five bright-eyed youngsters here in our classroom this afternoon are anxious to get started on the questions you listeners have sent in. Of course, as usual, they have no beforehand knowledge of the questions to be discussed because all our school sessions are entirely unrehearsed. So when I say anything is likely to happen, that's putting it mildly. But we're all set to find out now, ready for roll call, children. Here we go. Joel?
4: I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 12 years old, in 8th grade, in the fourth school. And next we have Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm
5: 12 years old, and I'm in going into the 8th grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois.
1: Rennie? I'm Rennie Templeton. I'm 13 years old. I'm going into ninth grade at U High.
3: And
6: Gary?
1: I'm Gary Griswold. I'm 8 years old.
6: I go to St. Paul School. I'm going into fourth grade. Well, good for you, Gary, my boy. And next we have Sheila. I am Sheila Claire Conlon. I am eight years old and go to the 4th Dearborn school in Chicago.
3: You know, we're, we're a little banged up today, folks. Uh, Sheila is just over the mumps, and Gary's face is all scratched up from falling off his bike, but we'll cripple along as best we can. Now, uh... Back to that real puzzler from Mrs. J.F. Myers of Sox City, Wisconsin. What combination of two names seen in the news recently would mean a damp home for rabbits? We have two hands up. Joel's hand was first. Joel?
4: Well, isn't a home for rabbits a war? And so it'll be a dewey Warren. Dewey Warren, That's absolutely right. Yes,
0: sir.
6: Good boy, Joel. Oh, that's
3: fine. Yes, sir. That's the right answer. And uh, alka sir. Gives uh, Mrs. J.F. Mize of Sauk City, Wisconsin, one of those dandy Zenith portable transoceanic standard shortwave radios known as the king of the portables for sending in that question. That's always the reward when the quiz kids answer your question correctly, friends. If they miss, you get a fine Zenith radio photograph combination with automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, and two FM bands. Just think up a question and send it in, friends. Send it to Quiz Kids Chicago. Now, uh, here's our next question. If you children suddenly found yourself living in the year 14,000 and one fine summer night looked for the North Star exactly to the north, Mrs. Ruth Swanson of St. Paul, Minnesota, says you wouldn't find it there. Now, what star would you find where our old reliable North Star now is? Gary? Vega. Vega. That's right, my boy. You certainly would. Gary, I wonder, can you can you explain, son, uh, why that's going to happen?
6: Because the Earth has a wobble, and and it wobbles, and when when it pulls, its pole is pointing towards that star, it shows that that's a pole star.
3: Yeah, well, well, that wobble business, I guess, takes care of it all, right? So <laughs> we'll just. Uh wobble on to this next question here. Uh, Phyllis Colbert of Chicago imagines you children curled up with a book on a rainy day when you can't play outside, and she thinks the titles of the following musical selections should suggest a type of book that you kids might like to read. Now, you must get two out of three on this one. What type does this song title suggest?
5: Lonnie? That's, uh, he says murder, he says. Murder,
3: he says. So that'd
5: be a murder mystery.
3: That's right, a mystery story. Now let's see what we can do with this second part. All right, Howard. Lonnie?
5: That's long, long ago, so that'd be history.
3: That's right, uh uh-huh. And, uh, here's
0: the third part. Sheila?
6: Could that be Boots, giving my boots and saddles? Boots and saddles, so? That'd make you think of a cowboy A cowboy story, that's right, Yeah.
3: Well, we only asked for two out of three, and you gave us three out of three. That's very, very good. You know, we had so much fun with a mystery question about Mr. Who a few weeks ago that Hugh Day of Fort Collins, Colorado, wants us to try it again. Only he calls his question a who's it question. See? (laughs) I'll give you a two-line rhyme that contains three clues, and if no one guesses the identity of who's it, I'll give you additional clues during the program. Now listen carefully to the first set of clues. In the first of the first, he comes out ahead... The second of the first, he's heavy as lead. Now, you may consult among yourselves, and when I call on you, I'll just take one guess from the whole class. In the meantime, uh, Bob Murphy, uh, how about that suggestion for midsummer comfort you were telling me about? I think we can fit it in right here.
2: Well, fine, Joe. And, friends, it really is something you'll want to remember these days when the thermometer is on the upward swing. So, listen to this. Here's our timely suggestion that can add to your comfort these hot summer days. One, eat light, easily digested food. Two, use a little more salt than usual with your meal. And three, for the headache and the acid stomach upset that may add to your misery, take Alka-Seltzer. Yes, take Alka-Seltzer. Fix yourself a glass of sparkling, pleasant-tasting Alka-Seltzer and just see how quickly it can ease that headache and stomach upset and how Alka-Seltzer can help you feel better fast. Remember, because Alka-Seltzer is already dissolved, when you take it, it's right ready to go to work on your discomfort, ready to bring you the welcome relief you want. So keep a supply of Alka-Seltzer handy all of the time, at home, at work, and keep a package in your car. Then, when you need it, you'll have it, no matter where you are. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore.
3: Are you ready, quiz kids, for your answer? Who is Mr. Who's It? And I'll just take one guess from the whole class. Who wants to be the spokesman? Lonnie?
5: I was sort of have baffled, but uh, we'll say Ted Williams.
3: You say Ted Williams. No. No, that's wrong. But I'll tell you. I'll give you more clues a little bit later on. In the meantime, we'll get along with other questions. Now, this next question, from Robert Hawkins of Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania, is really a challenge to you quiz kids. Name five baseball players within the past ten years who had red hair and tell what position they played. If you can answer that one, I'll take my mortarboard off to you. Let's see. Lonnie had his hand up first.
5: There's Red Shandings, first of all. He played second base for the... matter of fact, he does play second base for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's right. That's one. In 1946. And then there's Pinky Higgins. Pinky Higgins. played that's... with the Detroit Tigers. What uh, position? Third base. Third base. Yeah, that's time. two. Well, there's Red Smith, who's the bullpen catcher for the uh, Chicago Cubs. He's really a coach, but I don't know. He's been active in the last ten years as a coach for the Chicago Cubs. Well, all right. And we'll uh, take
3: that. Kind of, and that's three.
5: And then there's a... Uh, oh, wait a second. I think uh, there's a... Uh, wasn't there Rosie Ryan who played for the New York? Well, well
3: you're telling me, you know. Uh, yeah.
5: <laughs> uh, I think he had red hair, and then you, there's a.
3: The... Are you sure he had red hair? I think so. Uh-huh. And
5: then
1: there's a. Oh.
3: The... Can you think of any others? Really, you had your hand up, honey. What? Well, I was going to
1: say Red and Son Smith, who's the coach
3: for the Cubs. Oh, I see. All right, Lonny's got it. There's Red his...
1: Rolfe who played third base for the New York Yankees.
3: Yeah, that's right. Is that
5: five? Uh, well, that's, uh, let's see.
3: Uh that's we had a sort of a dark horse in there. Oh. Can you take one more okay. judge to be on the taste
5: thing? Huh?
3: Just one more. Really have given me five. Well going, going. We'll accept that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dark horse is Wait a minute. Whoa, hold on, wait a minute. Had me on third there, and I couldn't get into home. Uh, all right, Lonnie. Well, here's,
5: here's another one. Rad Mongeru pictures for the St. Louis Cardinals.
3: Fine, that picture does I can. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that was really something. Oh, I forgot to take off my motorboard. board. Yeah, there you are. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. I told you I'd take it off. All right, here we go now with another question. Elaine Salzman of Los Angeles, uh, California, recalls that in opera, the seeming impossible often takes place. A lot of it's caused by the magic powers of certain characters. Now, with this idea in mind, what opera characters might you expect to see at a magician's convention? Rennie.
1: Well, you could see uh, uh, Mephistopheles, of course, from south. Oh,
3: definitely, yes.
1: And uh, she didn't... Uh, as the China, wasn't she, well, anyway, she... Her mother was burned as a sorceress. She was supposed to be magic, anyway. Well, yes,
3: uh-huh. And, and uh, uh,
1: uh... Sheila? Well, on Hansel on ground, the witch did
6: magic.
3: That's right. That's another one, too. Yes, you bet. And in jo-
6: Diaconic's kinder, there
4: was a witch in that, and she could do magic, too.
3: She certainly could. Say, we're getting a lot of them here, Joel.
4: Well, in Cayman, uh, they weren't exactly magicians, but uh, the uh, girls in the story thought they could predict their future by drawing cards. Oh, huh? And they were uh, correct. Uh, at least the opera says they were.
3: Oh, they, so they could that, be
4: classified as magicians. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, Lonnie?
4: Well, in The Sorcerer's Apprentice, that isn't
5: exactly an opera, but anyway, it's, a so- it's the magician's uh, assistant. The sorcerer uh, is at the magician's palace and he makes the broom come to life to do his work for him. Uh
3: huh. Well, wait a minute. I think little Gary has one too, uh, Gary.
5: In the book Wizard
6: of Oz, yeah. there was a the wizard and he could do magic.
3: Well, uh, yes, uh, well, that's all I know, Gary, that's a dandy, too, and, uh, Sheila?
6: Then the cricket and the hearth, there's fairies in that, and fairies can always do magic.
3: Oh, they certainly can, yeah, they, 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 they never miss,
6: uh-huh. And then, and then any of the ring operas, anybody who had the ring could do magic.
3: That's
4: right, yes, ma'am. And Joel? Well, in the magic flute, the whole place is full of magicians. Well, to name, uh, one of them, there's the, Queen of Darkness, and I forget her enemy, it was, with this, and she had a cu- uh, couple of dozen magicians in her employ. Uh, well, and you know, I, you gave me a lot. Yes. Ready?
1: Well, there's the, uh, in the Golden Cockerel, everybody except the uh, the king's advisor is <laughs> supposed to be uh, uh, imaginary or something. There are certainly a lot of magicians in that, and Dr. Miracle in Tales of Hoffman. Uh-huh. Fine,
3: fine. Well, you know, this started out as a very short question, but it certainly (laughs) didn't end up that way. But then you gave me a lot of them, and I'm very proud of all of you. So let's get along with this next one uh, before we uh, turn into an opera here ourselves. This next question is from Maxine Lewis of Colorado Springs, Colorado. If these people were attending summer school, how might each describe how they're getting along if they use terms connected with their employment? Now, for instance, what might a typist say? Really?
1: Well, I, uh, yeah. she's, uh, doing, uh, space. Or she could she could say I'm do, i got, gotten an A, a B, or any letter. That's right.
3: right. Now, that's the idea. That's the idea. And, Joel?
4: Well, I'm a blue ribbon, bri- ribbon, student.
3: A blue ribbon student, yeah. And, uh,
5: L- Lonnie? You know, you could say the, the teacher tabbed me as the best student.
4: Tab tabbed me,
3: I get it, it, I got it. Yes, very. And, uh, Joel has one.
4: This kind of work isn't my type. Now,
3: Joel <laughs> Well, let's get along to uh, second part of this question. How about a grocery clerk, Lonnie?
5: Well, you could say, uh, well, I'm butchering this like uh, some grocery stores sell meat. <laughs>
3: yeah. And like a
5: delicatessen or something. Yeah,
3: uh-huh. And Rennie?
4: Well, I can do this work very well. I
3: can, yeah. Uh-huh. I... uh-huh. And Joel?
4: Well, I don't know. I don't like all this homework. I think the teacher's giving me the economy size.
3: The economy size? Oh, boy. And,
5: uh. <laughs> Lonnie? I'm not doing so good in my work, but my teacher's a peach. Oh, uh, boy. How do you like that? That's a dandy.
3: Rennie has one. As
5: far as that goes, there are a lot of tomatoes at this school, too. <laughs> oh, Rennie. Really? And, Lonnie? The teacher's pairing the students off now, and I'm in the upper class.
3: Oh, I, oh I see. Uh, well, say, those, we're just scooting along here this afternoon, aren't we? Uh-huh. Well, you know, uh, folks, on many occasions on this program, we have been honored to have as guests the superintendents of some of the country's biggest school systems. We are equally pleased to have as a guest today the school superintendent of one of the smallest. Wood Lake, Nebraska, up in the Red Deer Country, population three hundred twenty three. The school has sixty five students, counting the twenty four in high school, and the superintendent not only has administrative duties, but also teaches geography, history, sociology and shop gives some instruction in typing and Latin, coaches basketball, football, and directs the school plays, does a little cattle herding for neighboring ranchers, and occasionally preaches in the local church. (laughs) And in addition to that, he also found time to traipse off to Washington to consult the FBI and Attorney General Clark on juvenile delinquency. He's in Chicago this week looking for a high school teacher for this fall, and if he finds her... He will just exactly double his faculty. I'm pleased to introduce 33 year old Superintendent Charles A.
7: Weir. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. Your class here today is about the same size as my senior graduating class out in Wood Lake. I see. Well, no one knows better than you that size isn't everything. And now, Mr. Ware, I'd like to
3: turn my class over to you so you can ask them a question, and you may talk to them about anything you want.
7: Well, as Mr. Kelly mentioned, Quiz Kids, I am especially interested in the increasing problem of juvenile delinquency, and maybe you can help me. Well, what do you think the reasons are that so many boys and girls get into trouble these days? Well, um, Rennie, you have your hand up.
1: Well, I think that uh, one of the things is that children uh, don't find enough to do, uh, and that then they uh, they they can't find things to uh, that interest them, and so they they decide that it would be exciting maybe to go and break somebody's window or or do something like that. And I think that uh, I think that the country as a whole, I think they're getting a lot more recreation facilities and everything. That I, I think that since uh, since children don't do so much work. I don't think as I used to when this country was uh, a bit younger, and I think that as it goes along, we get more and more recreation facilities. I think right now that uh, we need it a little more than we have. Very
7: good point, Rennie. Um, Lonnie, you have your hand up, but uh, Sheila, are you uh, thinking about you? Have something? You think a
5: lot. Sometimes they're stealing.
7: Well, that's very, that's very right. Uh, Lonnie.
5: Well. uh... A lot of times I think they, uh, admire some older kids they don't know better who, uh, been led on the wrong path, and they follow uh, them try to do what they do and get into bad, then.
7: Very true, Lonnie. Joel?
4: Well, there's really very few, uh, children that, uh, are, uh, basically wrong, but they're out all day and they see, uh, the children more... other children more than their parents, and the, the ba- really bad children, uh... Are, uh, can win them over, uh, they're more resolute because they have no qualms about doing anything. So uh, it's the uh, real juvenile delinquents that win over 90% of the other delinquents.
7: You hit upon a very, very true statement there, Joel. Well, Mr. Weir, uh, now that the children have given you their ideas, uh, I think you ought to give
3: us your own
7: ideas. Well, Mr. Kelly, I think society and the community can take a lot of blame for juvenile delinquency. <laughs> And the unbelievable indifference of some parents toward their children is a great factor. Instead of sending the kids out on the streets or on the community to find their fun, they should open their homes to their children's friends. At least once a week, they should invite in the whole neighborhood gang. And at least once a week, there should be an old-fashioned family night. The whole family staying at home and having fun among themselves. Another point, too, as much as I am a teacher, I must say that our schools in America should revamp their programs to take care of a great number of increasingly different differences of children and the needs of young youngsters. Mr. Kelly, no one interested in the problem of juvenile delinquency could fail to praise your own program, the Quiz Kids, encouraging as it does curiosity and an interest in wholesome learning. You make learning here sound like fun, and it is. My congratulations to you and the foresight of your sponsor, the Miles Laboratory. Incidentally, uh, I was talking to Val Peterson, governor of Nebraska, before coming here, and he asked me all to to extend his greetings to you and the quiz kids and his compliments on a consistently excellent program.
3: Thank you, Superintendent Weir, and our best wishes for the continued success of your work and our thanks also to Governor Peterson. Now, uh, since you kids have had time to think over the first clues for Mr. Who's it, you're probably ready for some more, and here they are. The, uh, listen now, the gathering storm, a black bow tie, he was not born here and here he'll not die. Now, you kids can go into a huddle again because you'll have another chance to guess Mr. Who's It's identity
2: in just a minute. Meanwhile,
3: the next question comes from Bob Murphy.
2: Thanks, Joe, and it goes like this How fast is fast? Now, friends,
0: let's consider. Just a minute, Mr. Murphy. That question is confusing. I could even go further and say it's very poorly stated. Well, now, wait. Uh, Just give me a chance to explain. Now, Now, if you intended to use the word fast as an adjective. Yes, as a matter All right, then. Let's give it a word to modify. Fast what? Fast relief? Sure, that's what I would... Fine. Then let's carry this idea further. When would you want fast relief? Well, that most certainly is what you're after when an occasional headache or acid indigestion makes you miserable. Exactly. And then... Then, it, Mr. Murphy, you reach for the Alka-Seltzer bottle. Drop a tablet or two into a glass of water. Listen to it fizz, Then drink the sparkling, effervescing solution this makes. You bet. And the, the... The fast relief you get from headache, pain, or acid upset stomach distress is one of the best
2: examples you could possibly find for the word fast. Oh, look, do you mind if I add just this one thought? That's why thousands of folks say there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer.
0: Why, of course. I'm one of those who say that very thing. I keep a package of Alka-Seltzer where I work, as well as at home. And now then, Mr. Murphy, let's hear your next question. Maybe I can do something
2: with that one, too. Well, I'm sure you'd be able to, but it's time now to turn the session back to Joe Kelly. Joe?
3: (laughs) Well, all right, quiz kids. Do you think you can tell us now who is Mr. It? And we'll take... uh, One guest from the entire class. Lonnie, with his hand up, evidently, is going to be the spokesman again. All right, Lonnie.
1: Well,
5: I'm not sure this time either, but we've decided to say Winston Churchill.
3: You're not sure?
5: Well, that's what we're saying.
3: Well, that's absolutely right. That's just what it is. Yeah, that's right. Now, we'll clear up those clues. In the first of the first, he comes out ahead. The first half of his first name is W-I-N-S, Wins. And the second of the first, he's heavy as lead. The second half of his first name is T-O-N, Winston. And uh, the uh, gathering storm was Churchill's last book and the black bow tie. He often wears that one. And he was not born here, and here he'll not die. He was born in England in 1874. His mother was born uh, here in uh, New York. Well, say, that's, uh, that's just fine, kids. Yes, sir, that, that's perfectly all right. Now, next week, instead of a who's it question, we're going to have a what's it question from Mrs. Maud Kimball of St. Louis, Missouri. And I can give you the first clue right now so you and the listeners will have a week to think about it. Now,
0: listen closely. the aboard for Gary Juliet.
3: And there's a question for next week. <laughs> so that's food for thought you keep thinking about. In the meantime, we'll get along with more questions. Now, according to Mrs. Jane Wilson of Mannheim, Pennsylvania, there are a number of famous people who've whose first and last initials fall in alphabetical order. Now, see if you can identify these. The first, D-E. D-E. Lonnie.
5: Dwight Eisenhower. That's
3: right, Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, The next, J-K. J-K. Lonnie.
5: Julius Krug.
3: Well, that's very good. I was thinking about somebody else right close to us here. Uh, Rennie.
5: Joel Kupferman. Joel Kupferman, right.
3: Huh? Or Joe Kelly. And Joe Kelly, uh, right again. Yes, sir. Well, I'll say, that was a lot of fun. I thought you were going to miss out on uh, Joel Kupperman's initials there, though. Now, uh, here's our next question. Since uh, Fred Koch of New York is a tennis fan himself, he wants you quiz kids to tell what tennis term is suggested by these names. Fred Allen's the first one. What tennis term? Joel?
4: Fred uh, Allen. I, I,
1: I thought of something, my son. Well, time. you
3: think a little while longer, son. Uh, Rennie?
1: Well, in tennis, don't you call a line? and say, don't you have an alley?
3: Uh, what an do you say? An alley? Alley, that's right. Uh-huh, that's correct. And uh, how about the next name, uh, William Douglas? A tennis term. William Douglas. Lonnie?
5: Well, he makes a lot of speeches and everything, so in the speeches, he'd have different lines, and the lines... The Mark off the tennis court.
3: Well,
4: that's uh, quite true.
3: Let's see, Joel has his hand well, up.
4: Well, he's a uh, justice of the Supreme Court, so it be court. The court, that's
3: right, absolutely, that's right, huh Now then, uh, Mrs. Fred Wolf of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, wonders if you quiz kids happen to have any favorite Bible verse. And if you do, she would like to have you give us the Bible quotation. Uh, little Gary's got his little hand up there. All right, Gary.
6: My favorite Bible verse is John three sixteen.
3: Well,
6: what is it, Duncan? He that believes in me... Wait, that's well, that's all right. I'll start
3: right from the For beginning. For God
6: so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish,
5: but have everlasting life.
3: Well, that's fine, Gary. That's just fine, uh-huh. And uh, Lonnie has one.
5: Oh, I don't, I don't know about my favorite. I think my favorite's from Psalm 119. That's, um, uh, thy word is a light under my feet and a lamp
4: under my path.
3: Uh-huh. That's a very nice one, too. And, Joe? Well,
4: my favorite one is, uh, The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. The
3: 23rd song. Yeah. Is that right? Uh-huh. All right, fine. Well, there's our old school bell, children. So that means class is over for today. Now, we'll give the judges a minute to total today's scores. And while we're waiting, here's an important announcement about one-a-day brand
0: vitamins. Don't take chances on getting all the essential vitamins you need from the food you eat. Remember this. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food can cause you to feel under par and run down. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Sixty capsules, only two months supply, only $2 at any drugstore. Potency guaranteed by Miles Laboratories. Lack of vitamins in your food can keep you from feeling your best and looking your best. So don't take chances. Take one-a-day brand, multiple vitamin capsules. And I'll
3: Chris. kids. The judges have handed me your report card, so let's see who comes back to school next week. But remember this now. Whether you win or lose, you will each receive a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. And now let's have a look at these grades. The judges say that, uh, well, we didn't miss any questions this afternoon. Lonnie was first, Joel second, and Rennie and Gary tied for third. So that means you four will be back in school next Sunday to compete with a brand-new quiz kid who reached the age of five just yesterday. Little Bobby... Uh Uh-huh. Meantime, you youngsters and you listeners, too, give some thought to those clues for next week's What's It? question. Remember, your first set of clues are...
0: All aboard for Gary, Joliet, Peoria, Bloomington, Tanker Key, Champagne, Decatur, Corridor,
3: There they are. And if you can't get the answer with those clues, we'll have some more for you next week. And now, until next Sunday, when we hope all you listeners will be present in class, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz, kids. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, Joe Kelly. Mr. Kelly.
2: To the quiz kit every week and listen to Alfred Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking.
0: see the national broadcasting company